Hey guys, it's Tim Gillette with Tim Gillette Show, and we're back here with another episode of our 100 interviews in 30 days. So today I get another one of Kathy Mason's friends that was introduced to me. All right, uh, Dr. William Spady. All right, and you know what I mean. I, I'm going to get to know this guy. All right, Bill seems like a really cool guy from our just our pre thing down in the, in the in, you know before we went live, but like I I don't know him. It's another one of these where I get to know the person and find out about them and what they do and how they help people live on screen with you, just the same. Uh, so we get to highlight them as our guest today. Um, you know, this interview series has really helped me get to know a lot of people and realize that, you know what, every every person is so different and so cool in their own way. And uh, you know what I mean? I love it when I get to know somebody new and that I didn't know before. Uh, you know what I mean? And, and the last couple of days, I've had a lot of them where uh, literally I, I have to sit and keep writing notes and um, I want to go check out their website. I then I spend the next day investigating them more. Uh, and it is just a cool experience. I encourage you guys to do something like this, uh, especially in this time where most of you are caught at home. So uh, today, though, we're going to learn about Dr. William Spady. I mean, this guy is a really, you know, seems like he's got an interesting story, but I'm going to find it out just like you. Let's go check on to him. Dr. William Spady, how are you, sir? I or am Bill. Bill, I should say. How are you? I am Bill, and I'm William. You know, you you take your choice. Uh, I'm so, I'm fine. I'm looking out at a uh, typical, somewhat typical, overcast day here in Oregon. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, but um, spring has sprung, and uh, the grasses and and weeds are growing profusely out here now. <laughs> Um, you know, it, it, it's um, it's very interesting that the number of people who've been on this podcast from the state of Oregon to the, the two states that I really hardly ever talk to anybody from that have been on this podcast and mentioned more than at least a dozen times, Oregon, Colorado. It's just I don't. And, and before this, I hardly ever interviewed anybody from Oregon or Colorado. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I, I lived in Colorado uh, up in the Rocky Mountains mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. 25 years. Wow. So, wow. That, so that I could ski all the time. Oh. Um, uh, but I moved back here to Oregon five years ago. This is where I grew up. And I'm now living on a 10-acre Christmas tree farm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So for, for excitement, I go out and watch the trees grow. <laughs> Do, I'm curious. Do do um do you go out and decorate them or or no. at all? Or no? <laughs> no, the 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 tree part of the of of uh, the property is actually leased out. Okay. So another fellow, another fellow, and his crew come in and they take care of these trees. They they they're planting and planting right now uh, a whole crop of babies mm -hmm. seedlings. Uh, but I've got uh, four or five acres of uh, of what I'll call juveniles now that are growing quite fast. And they come out and trim them so that the trees grow in the right shape, et cetera, that apparently people want to buy. Mm. Um, I'd prefer that they be more natural, but it's their business. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's interesting as, as I was saying, you know what I mean? When I, before I brought you on, you know what I mean? That each person is so unique and so distinctively different. All right. And you being able to watch trees, 
grow in so many different ways. I'll bet that, uh, you know what I mean, is a great thing in your life or a great metaphor for life going, hey, uh, every tree is different. Uh, you know what I mean? Don't trim us all and make us all look the same. Well, absolutely. And and where where the story really begins in terms of my career mm -hmm. um, is in education. Um, many decades ago now, it seems. Um, but I, I was introduced to a concept that was a real eye opener for me. Mm -hmm. My background is in sociology. I got my PhD at the University of Chicago. Um, I then went off and taught at Harvard uh, for a while and uh, then uh, in Toronto. But while in, in the early part of my career, I was exposed to this concept that as a sociologist just blew my mind. And what I realized uh, is that virtually everything in our educational system is defined by how long it's supposed to last, mm. okay? The clock, the schedule, and the calendar define everything down to what school years are, what semesters are, what credits are, what credit hours are, what class periods are, what teacher contracts are, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Everything is defined around fixed time blocks. Mm -hmm. And those fixed time blocks, the, what? The, the politicians and policymakers of the world call equal opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's equal time for something to happen. Well, what we all know, anyone who's been a parent or an alive, awake human being knows that people don't learn and operate the same way, and they certainly don't learn at the same rate. So if you're a faster learner, a fixed amount of time gives you a great advantage over a slower learner. It doesn't mean they can't learn what's important. It means that they're given less time, they're under more pressure, and often the, quote, deadline comes before they can actually manage whatever it is that the system requires. It sounds so, like my life, Bill. <laughs> it sounds like which? I'm sorry? It sounds like my life, Bill. <laughs> well, it is. You're, you're in, you're in a, we're in a time-based process right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And the work I've done has been to turn that upside down, mm -hmm. to move it from time-based to outcome-based. Okay. What do we okay. really want the result to be and use that as the measure of success rather than time as the definer? And in which case we end up with this famous thing called the bell curve. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some do well, some don't do well, blah, blah, blah. And we say, well, that's just the way it goes. Yeah, yeah. So it's called the normal curve. And if we were really effective at doing what we're supposed to do and can do in education, we'd call it the abnormal curve. Yeah. Okay? It's because... You know, you can get a normal curve, uh, as one of my colleagues said, by opening the door in September, throwing the books in the in the room, coming back in June and see how they did. Uh -huh. You'll get a, quote, 
normal distribution, a bell-shaped curve. But effective teaching and an effective system is supposed to skew that curve. Uh-huh. It's supposed to move that curve way over to the to the high side. And that's what I've really spent my career um, focusing on and doing. Mm-hmm. There have been many, many evolutionary steps in that. And what I'm what I'm really focused on today is a lot more, I believe, inva- advanced and empowering than it was back in the good old days. Mm-hmm. But that that's been the fundamental focus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Our institutions and the institutional forms and structures are holding us back. Okay. Let's, let's move beyond that. All right. You know, you know, uh, uh, Bill, you know, when I was younger, I went to a school um, that was designed around, uh, and, and maybe you've heard of it or not. All right. It was, it was called the, like ACE was the, was the um, uh, defining acronym, but I can't remember. I, I think I'm kind of exactly remember what it stood for. Um, I think it said like accelerated, ed, con, accelerated something education or something like that. Yes. Uh, um, and I had a problem with it. All right. Um, because basically if, if I, cause I, I wait for longer to learn things. If I'd have stayed in that school, like, you know what I mean? I'd have been in my thirties before I graduated high school. All right. It was one of those things that progressed, but that's being set by the timelines or the deadlines of our, you know what I mean? Our government or education system in order to meet those guidelines, I'd have been 30 years old before I graduated high school because it would have taken me forever to learn that stuff. Instead, they, they put a testing system in to get me through the education system. And I will say this, most of my education came, uh, you know what I mean, from finding the results I want and things I wanted later in life when I was ready to learn it. How, how, how does that, how do you, how do you see someone like me going through, uh, you know what I mean, as you're explaining this, all right? Uh, well, you know, Yes, you're, you're you're jumping to you're jumping to the more recent the truly more recent end of of my career and work, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is really about learner empowerment. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. It's about paying attention to the skills and capacities and talents that students have, and letting them really flourish in those arenas. Oh, okay. okay? Yeah. The curriculum of the school, okay, the defined subjects that all the kids are supposed to take, yeah, all yeah. right, are created by people two, almost two generations different from the kids they're teaching. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And one of the biggest, biggest breakthroughs in the work that that I was doing is that Way back in good old 1987, my colleague Charles Schwann and I basically created a revolution in the American education system that we called future-focused design. Because wow. everything, everything was based on okay, the past way we had always organized subject content, mm-hmm. okay? but not on the future the kids are going to live in. And it was incredibly revolutionary. We made tons of friends and we made tons of enemies. Mm -hmm. People didn't want to change and get out of the curriculum Mm -hmm. box. And we we put them in the incredibly dynamic and evolving futures 
box. Yeah, yeah. And there was nothing in education in the United States or anywhere else that we could find that really was future focused. Yeah. Even though education claims, oh, we're preparing kids for the future. Yeah. Well, yeah. wasn't true. Um, I mean, and and uh, I don't know, do you, I, I, one of the favorite people I follow online and, and watched his TV shows over the years was Mike Rowe. Do you know Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs? I don't, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, okay. Mike, Mike Rowe was very big on, you know what I mean, rather than push on all this college education, maybe some of these kids just need a trade school. That's what they want. They want to learn a trade. You know what I mean? They they don't have any any they don't have any interest in becoming the, you know what I mean, the college professor. Some of them just they want to learn how to how to do plumbing because that's what they love to do. They want to learn how to fix cars because it's what they want to do. Absolutely. Are true. you are you, is that that's that are you agreeing with that in, in what you're saying here? Yes, absolutely. Um, what I don't know how far back I need to go in in, in this evolving career, mm -hmm. but I be I befriended um, a, a a woman who had been doing um, a ton of research on kinds of learning what were called learning styles or learning modalities. Yeah, and yeah. what she said, her name was Bernice McCarthy. And what Bernice said is only about 25% of all people, kids, mm -hmm. are actually wired to learn the way schools teach them. Yeah, yeah. But the other three quarters, she broke them into four different styles of learning. The other three quarters absolutely can learn significant and important things very, very well, but in a totally different way and sometimes a different topic and subject than the conventional curriculum. Yeah, yeah. So, the, so the educational system is built around that 25%. Oh, okay. It's for the 25%, by the 25%, institutionalizing the 25%, and developing state laws and policies and requirements for the system to be nothing but that 25% oriented, mm -hmm. i.e. toward the rational, linear, logical, verbal kind of abstract learning that we do. Mm -hmm. So three quarters of the kids are essentially getting ignored in that model and okay. it's profoundly profoundly unfair yeah yeah um yeah for instance i mean i, I work with my clients on this uh, uh very much uh in the fact that you know most of the trainings i create for my clients and things i do i explain the the, the three thing i i learned this three ways that we learned is is um you know i mean some got to read it to figure it out some got to watch a video to figure it out and then there's yeah. people like me all right, I've got to go screw it up and fix it. In other words, you can you can give me all the material in the world to read. All right, that's right. I'm not. I I can read it, but until I go try to do it, I'm still not going to understand what I read. Yes, the hands-on tangibility is absolutely critical for lots and lots and lots of people. Mm -hmm. um, back in back in the year 1999. Uh, I started working on a book that ultimately got published in 2000. Okay. okay. And I called it Beyond Counterfeit Reforms. Oh, okay. Because, um, because all the things that people were proposing 
in the way of school reform, okay, um, we're all along this line of the 25%, okay? Uh -huh. And we're all preparing kids for presumably the same kind of future, the same kind of job, so that they would fit into the economic system well, blah, 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 white collar work, okay? So mm -hmm. I sat down one day in reading and writing this book and said, okay, it's time for me to make a statement out of pure ignorance. I'm going to use pure to intuition, okay? Who are the adults I know who are incredibly successful and what are their talents and intelligences, mm -hmm. okay? And in one day, okay, in my friends happened to be world-class musicians, some of them. Some of them were professional golf stars. I mean, what is it? I had a list of 25 different kinds of talents and abilities and intelligences based on the successes of people in the world. And then I said, well, how many of those 25 are actually the kind that schools are cultivating? And the answer was five. Wow. Five of the 25. Five? So, so five of the wow. 25. Wow. Okay. So what you're talking about in terms of various kinds of hands-on, manipulative, I mean, other kinds of sensories, uh, abilities, um, intuitive abilities, etc. okay, that are absolutely critical, judgmental abilities, um, in 3D, okay. Try hitting a try hitting a fast baseball. Okay. Mm. What kind of talent does that require? Anyway, <clears throat> 20 of the 25 are things that schools peripherally or don't address at all. Wow. And I said, this this is an outrage because we're calling the five reform. Mm -hmm. And everything is about the five. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned um, I was living in Colorado for 25 years, as I mentioned, in the Rocky Mountains so I could ski. Yeah, yeah. Um, and while I was in that 25 years, our governor and all of these official people created what they called the P20 Commission. Mm. And the P20 Commission was, what do we need to start teaching our kids in preschool, the P, so that 20 years later of education, they can walk out and be functional people in the new modern economy. Hmm. And everything was about how they'll fit into the new modern economy. And it was the five things. Wow. And we, that's what kids are taught in preschool. Yeah. And I mean, uh, yeah. So anyway, my work, my work is more and more and more been a bit about expanding human potential, okay, mm -hmm. really honoring what's going on in the learner and the teachers, okay, and um, really seeking to empower the learner mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. elevate the whole concept of what do we mean by learning, mm -hmm. elevate it and expand it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and would you say then, all right, you know what I mean, based on these facts that basically the, the progression of what you're actually sharing, all right, and, 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 and learning 
is 10 years from now, it's going to be far different. Absolutely. Because the, the whole, yes, the, the whole future focused emphasis that Dr. Schwann and I were really promoting a big time um, in uh, across America and Canada um, was that we're preparing, we're preparing kids for more education that we know how to deliver. We're not preparing kids for the future they're going to face where they have to be continuous learners. Nobody can go out and be successful in the world mm -hmm. knowing only what they learned in school. Yeah, yeah. We have, you know, and that's your case. Yeah. You, you have to keep learning, 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 and learning. So how do we create that orientation rather than kids having to do their homework because it's required? Mm -hmm. What is it about evoking in them an interest in continuing to learn and improve, et cetera, because it makes life more enriching and valuable? Yeah. You know, okay? and, yeah. And I got to say, Bill, I mean, the biggest thing I can tell you, I, I got out of school, high school and, you know what I mean, in grade school was 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 a discipline for life. That's that's it. And I'm not saying a discipline as in they taught me to punch a clock as a discipline as I understand if I want to eat, I've got to do something to get to get that food. You know what I mean? I, I learned a, a skills. That's it. Learning math, algebra. Yeah, right. Whatever. Every now and then it might click in, but like it, it's not part of my life. I have never. I have told people I have a Ph.D. Mm -hmm. I have lectured and consulted all over the world to tens and tens and tens of thousands of people, blah, 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 blah. And I couldn't solve an algebraic equation to save my life. <laughs> I could when I was in grade nine. Yeah, yeah. Okay? But why? For yeah. what? Yeah, yeah. Okay? And that's the perfect, it was the perfect example back then, Tim, because unless kids had a high grade in algebra mm -hmm. on their transcript, they were considered not college material. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And they were sent off to, now you're talking about kids want to learn a trade. Well, they were sent off to take shop and other kinds of things, which was for, quote, dummies. Yeah, no, yeah. it wasn't for dummies. It was for people who had a different kind of skill and ability. Yeah, and, and interest and, and motivation. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and some of those dummies are right, uh, uh, created the things that you and I are talking on today. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah, that's they, right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's when I look at, you know, I, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, Bill. Um, you know what I mean? It's always been for me. It wasn't like, you know, cause I, I wanted to be rich or something. It was just, I didn't want to work a job. I, I, I would work 80 hours a week for myself to avoid getting a 40 hour a week job. Yes, that motivated me to be an entrepreneur. You know, most mm -hmm. of these kids that, that are that are coming through this system, uh, you know, they, they have a desire to, um, you know, to to change an industry. Let's just say, uh, you know, what I mean, I, they 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 see something that their dad had in the industry, and they're like, you know, Dad, if you had these three tools, it would be easier. And they go off and create it. Yes, and, they, and that, that's where their learning kicks in, and. You're right, algebra. I can't say that I've ever ever used it. All right, but it, it, did, teach, it did teach me discipline to sit through a class to learn something that I 
may need someday. I, I'll agree with that, but you're right. I, I didn't need to learn it. Um, my, my work has evolved and evolved mm -hmm. to around a model, around a framework, some ideas that came to me way back in 1998. Mm -hmm. And I call them the five C's. Mm -hmm. And there are many educational systems, schools, et cetera, universities even around the world that have latched on to these five C's, okay? And I think they speak directly to what you're, what you're talking about, okay? okay? One is conscious or consciousness okay. or learning and living consciously. You can play with the words in whatever grammatic form you want. Yeah. yeah. One is creative, yeah. creatively creation, mm -hmm, okay? Mm -hmm. One is collaboration or collaborative, mm -hmm. or learning and living collaboratively. Mm -hmm. One is competently, okay, and or competence. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the other, and the fifth is really critical, and that's compassion. Mm. Okay? I like synonym, that. Yeah. Synonym for caring mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or consideration, all right? It's, in fact, I believe, the essence energy that really drives collaboration. So what we're, what we're seeing today, I, this morning I woke up and I had the title of a new paper I want to write. Just mm -hmm. leap out at me, okay? And the title, the title is basically, The World is Crying for a New Normal. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Because everybody now wants to go back to normal. I don't want to go back to that normal, okay? We can go back to a much higher level of and essence of normal than we've had. And yeah. my normal would be built around those five Cs, okay? okay? Cool. With compassion, compassion being a powerful driving force for how we do all the other four. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very, I mean, very, very, uh, very, very intuitive there. <laughs> I like that uh, because I am hearing a lot of that, 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 well, what's the, you know, what's the new normal? Cause I just want to go back to normal. And there's a part of me that really does want to go back to my, my normal, but my normal is different than most people's normals. And that's because I spent years creating my normal. <laughs> there you go. You have never created their own normal. It you created an evolving yeah, yeah, yeah. normal. Okay. Yeah. Yes. You don't. You don't really do, even though you call it that, and even though you've got a schedule, you mm -hmm. don't do the same things every day. No, I don't. You're right. Okay. Exactly. They grow. They grow. They evolve. They get deeper. They get richer. Okay. You develop more finesse and accomplishment in how how they unfold. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. That yeah. those five things to me are the the essential ingredients of how to make life really work for individuals and for the society itself. Mm -hmm. So, so I mean, you, you you've done pretty well explaining a lot of this. All right, what are ways that uh, what are ways and how are ways that you're reaching people to actually get this message out and uh, help others with it? Well. One of the one of the key ways right now, um, you mentioned right at the beginning that um, 
you've been interviewing people that Kathy Mason has recommended. Well, yeah, I'm one yeah. of those people. And she's helped me produce two books. And um, the, the, what I would consider to be sort of the, the ultimate expression <clears throat> of my career history is right now going to be coming out. Mm. Okay. Kathy's helping, has helped produce that book. Cool. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'm calling it Outcome Based Education's Empowering Essence. Okay. Um, so anyway, she she helped me develop um, the website that you've been uh, showing on the screen. Mm -hmm. And in that website, I'm really laying out five different areas of assistance and contribution that I can and have been making to uh, educational systems and to individuals, to leadership development, etc. cetera. Mm -hmm. So a key way is, is checking checking that out. Mm -hmm. I've, there are people I'll find, I've, I've written, this will be my 11th book. Oh, and wow. That's been, yeah. Um, thank you. That, but that's been another way I've been reaching people, mm -hmm. but I've been, cons I've consulted on every continent, mm -hmm. um, uh, national governments, um, individual educational systems in every continent, except uh, whether you could say Antarctica, in South America, okay. Cool, cool. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm I'm available. I'm available to do that. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I and I love engaging with people. I are love. You, yeah, yeah. Are, are, are yeah? Are you? I didn't mean to cut you off. I know you're in love to engage. That's right. Um, um, are are you doing like any small groups with this, or or any one on one work with people? Are you mainly going for I need to educate people to bring them in to understand this? Um, no, I what I'm what I'm doing is um, I'm, I, it's explained on the uh, on the website. Okay. I'm working I'm working in five different ways, and one of them is actually one on one. If people want to do coaching, consulting, etc. Cool. Um, I feel I have much, much to share there, mm -hmm. but th the sizes of groups I work with can be anything from four or five people to thousands, depending cool. on what, what you want, yeah. what you want to do and how deeply you want to go into the work. Wow. Uh, you know, so, I mean, that, that's just awesome. Like, you know what I mean? You've got your, your curriculum. Uh, to go from, you know what I mean, that range, you know what I mean? I, I have mastermind and I have big event. I don't, I don't range like that. So, I mean, you're good. <laughs> well, thank you. That's, you know, that's, that comes with, you know what I mean? How you're getting your message out again. I, I, I do different, but that's it. You have actually everything you've done in your life. All right. Is I'm going, it sounds like I'm going to push and learn better and I'm going to find ways to get it out faster and I'm I'm gonna do. I'm not waiting for you to give me permission to do. <laughs> that, like well, that is true, and I'd say that anybody who really wants to explore mm -hmm. um, the new normal mm -hmm. um, and help create a new normal that really works for them and that empowers them mm -hmm. uh, and those around them or their organization. That's what I'm here for. Cool, cool. And that's what I'm eager to do. Yeah. So let, let me ask you something here. You know what I mean? Because I always like to ask this questions of all my guests is, was there somebody like a like a mentor or or uh, maybe it was a coach or, a you know, a teacher as a kid or a first boss that like 
did something that inspired you to go down the way you are and what you're learning now today, Bill? Um, I, I, I have so many of those that uh, I had to write a book about them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I have a book called Opening to Greater Realities, which oh. is really about the opening of my uh, spiritual journey mm -hmm, okay, mm -hmm. in, a, in a bigger, deeper way. But I had I had role models and incredible people throughout um, throughout my early early two three even two or three decades of life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just one after the other after the other stepped in, and in many different arenas. They weren't all educational people, um, but I be you know I befriended these people. I was I was a as a little kid. I wanted to play the trumpet, mm. and I wanted to play the trumpet because the trumpet played on the Lone Ranger radio broadcasts. Okay, <laughs> this is before TV. All right, oh. I was inspired by the trumpet. I ended up studying when I was at the University of Chicago with the greatest classical trumpeter in the world. Wow! Wow! Okay? And it's like, oh my God. What am I doing here? Mm -hmm. Okay, um, it's just been those kinds of opportunities have unfolded and unfolded because I, I guess I'll say to him, like you, I developed the discipline. Mm -hmm. Okay, that that to to stick with something and really develop that ability, mm -hmm. and I so I did that with trumpeting, even though that's not where I ended up in my career, mm -hmm. but. It opened doors and opened doors and opened vistas, okay, that were just incredible for me. Yeah, yeah. Cool. That is, I, I always like to ask that question because, you know, it's the, the answer is never the same, Bill. Never. All right. It's always everybody. Well, I learned from one. Well, I learned from five. I learned from my dad. I learned from my uncle. You know, it's it's never the same answer. And, I, and it fascinates me where and how people learn. It just, it always, it always does. I think it always will fascinate me who it is that motivates people. Yeah. So. Well, there were there were high school teachers that were really significant in that, yeah. and there were university professors, and there was my PhD mentor. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, extraordinarily brilliant and wonderful people, um, but there were many others that were not part of that sort of that academic mainstream that that had a huge influence on me, including my father, who was quite an entrepreneur. And who was very hands-on like you are? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, I, I, it, it, it's awesome to hear. You know, uh, I think my my high school English teacher. I think he's still rolling over in his grave. Can't believe that Tim Gillette wrote a book. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I showed him. <laughs> okay, good for you. Good for you. Yeah. So, uh, Bill, tell me, uh, you know what I mean, for the listeners who are listening and they want to maybe take this to another level, they want to find you, connect with you. What is the best place they can get a hold of you from? Um, well, the best place is that website, williamspady.com. Um, and um, I'll, I'll give people, if, if they're really interested, I'll give them my, right now, I'll give them uh, my, uh, my email address. Yeah, okay. say it. I'm going to try to type it in real quick and get it on here for okay. you. Okay, well, it's pretty simple. Bill Spady yeah. at gmail.com. At gmail.com. 
And um, let me make sure it comes up there. Oops. Okay. Did I, oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, if somebody did something, it screwed me. Okay. Does that, did I spell it right? Uh, no, you play Billy Spady. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you try to type it in fast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, and as you can tell, guys, this is one of the things I didn't do ahead of time. Was I didn't get, I didn't get, I didn't get Bill's uh, email address out for you guys. So there you go. All right, (laughs) all right. I'm not perfect, Bill. I made a mistake or two. Oh my God, you're 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 among a cast of thousands. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, you know, hey, Bill, this has been fun actually hearing about this and and really seeing some of my own. Uh, past in, in your educational process, you know what I mean? And understanding it now has been huge. I, I loved having you on today. This is great. So uh, I do you. appreciate you coming on. Um, Bill, I, I know you heard about it, but I have a game. I'm sure Kathy warned you about. I have a game to close out my podcast. Uh-oh. No, I wasn't warned. So this is, this is going to be spontaneous and unrehearsed. Okay. <laughs> So I have about eight or nine this or that questions. I pick two things. You just pick which one's you. Hey, some of them are going to be you, and some of them are going to be like, yeah, whatever. Uh, and I get it. But I, I try to pick some of them based on you know things I find out about you through the interview. Okay. Let's see, where we, let's see how close we got. So. <laughs> okay, here we go. Number one, Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, for, for almost similar reasons, both. Okay. Okay, both. Okay. Because, yeah, sorry, long explanation. Okay. They both are telling an incredibly imaginative story oh, yeah. Yeah. about our deeper essence. Yes. Exactly. And what, <laughs> and what can unfold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a both and. Yeah, that's, well, and, and it's true. It's like, you know what I mean? Uh, some of the people that are one or the other, though, Bill, they um, they don't have the understanding of of the you know of, of the world like you do. That's why you've got a different understanding. So you're like, wait a minute, both because, and you got it down. You know what it is, you know. Tim, I wrote I, when I when I went to see the movie The Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I ended up writing a paper about it, dead wow. serious wow. paper about. Yeah the deep spiritual message mm-hmm. for everyone in that movie. And it wasn't about all the effects and all the weird things or anything else. I mean, it was an incredible statement. And yeah. I've, I've listed that paper on my, the papers listed on my, my website. Cool. I'd be happy to share that with anyone who'd like to see it. Yeah. yeah. Go to his website so you can get it. So, um, the next one I have down here, Bill, is uh, are you a cat person or a dog person? Oh, I'm a dog person. Dog person. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How about for learning right now? Would you listen to a podcast or read a book? Um, that's both and. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm 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 both brained. Okay. I'm whole brained rather than one or the other. I'm. I'm getting enormous benefits out of doing both kinds of things right now in this hiatus period we have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, and yep. yeah, I, I, you know what I mean? I, I used to be, you know, all books lately. I have like, I've got so many podcasts that like at night when I'm doing my final works and set up, I'm listening to a podcast at night now. Uh, and well, it, they both inspire me. Yeah. Well, it depends on its depth. For me, it's very much about, is it, what, what's the depth and quality of this likely to be yeah, before yeah. I, before I jump into either one? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. and, and and it's and it, all, and it is all depending on the time. So like if I, I'm on a trip someplace, I'm gonna take the book out and read a book. Uh, but like if I'm working, the podcast is just background noise. But you're observe you're you're absorbing, you know, the learning by listening to it. That's why I do it that way. But that's my my that's my thing of both. Yeah. 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 My next one is going into food products. All right, taco or hamburger. Um. Well, it depends what's on the hamburger, and it depends what's in the taco. <laughs> my da my daughter has me on a diet, a specific oh. diet. Mm -hmm. So that that question had to go through a filter system. <laughs> oh. um, well, you know, I, for me, I've always, I've always loved the hamburgers, but like the tacos, like I've, I've gotten into certain tacos, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tacos can be anything from a traditional taco to a yep, absolutely shrimp yeah. to a vegan taco. I mean, vegan yep. tacos are actually pretty good. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll take the taco on that one. Okay. Ah, so if you were going to go to the movies, probably not on your diet. This one would be: is it going to be popcorn oh. or candy? <laughs> Oh, well, it would have been popcorn. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but, you know, it turns out that corn is just about as bad for you as sugar. So, <laughs> learning that maybe, one the hard way. Maybe, maybe you abstain. Oh, you know, back there. All right. Yeah, corn. All right. I love corn whiskey and moonshine. So, yeah, I'm getting that's not that great for you. Yeah. Um, my next one here, and as, and as a matter of fact, as I ask this, I always have CNBC playing, and they're interviewing the guy from the Boston Beer, that Samuel Adams guy. And I'm like, oh, I want to ask you this question. Do you beer or wine? Wine. Wine? Okay, cool. Yep, yep. All right. What one was easy? Yeah. This one here is uh, going into locations. Would you rather be on the East Coast or the West Coast? Oh, I am a West Coast guy who lived on the East Coast for years. <laughs> Grew no, up on the I'm East the Coast, but I'd rather take the West Coast. I'm I'm a West Coast guy, definitely. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next one, we get into a little bit of controversy, all right? Uh, uh, toilet paper, does that roll go over or under? Uh, it depends on how aesthetic you want to be, okay? If you want to be efficient, it goes over. If you want to be aesthetic, it goes under. <laughs> Try to hide it. Try to pretend that the... <laughs> Paper really isn't there, you know, uh, Bill. That that question. I've seen people on my interviews. All right, the whole interview, they're just calm and answering the questions. I ask that question, and like it's like you know, fire got lit in their eyes. Over, you know. <laughs> oh, so funny oh my to God. watch the reactions to that question. No, I have no allegiance to the correct answer there. <laughs> That's and that's the way to be, ladies and gentlemen. So, okay, my all last right. one's kind of a funny ask, all right. And then is boxer okay. shorts. I'm sorry, I, I missed that. All right, what? it's a funny boxers or briefs. 
Um, well, I have had nothing but briefs my whole life, but people advise me to do boxers. <laughs> Hasn't happened yet, okay? Maybe that's going to be in, in the next evolution of uh, evolutionary state of my being. Uh, it's a fun, you know what I mean? It's a fun game to play. And uh, thank you thank for playing my game with me, Bill. I appreciate that. Um, let me one more time tell my listeners how they can get a hold of you because I want to make sure they find you and go investigate you and learn more about you. Well, thank you. Uh, Williamspadey.com is, is the website. And um, if you really want to talk to me and engage in some future work, um, billspadey at gmail.com. Uh, okay. Well, Bill, thank you for being on the broadcast today. All right. And I appreciate you being on here as my guest. Uh, you know, to you, my listeners, please go check out Bill, all right, and and see what he's got, all right, at williamspadey.com, and go ahead and send him an email if you really want to talk with him, all right, because you see, he's friendly. He's been a very friendly and a great guest today. Uh, guys, I'm Tim Gillette with The Tim Gillette Show, and I will see you very soon with another episode. Be sure to subscribe to us on Facebook, YouTube, and iTunes. I'm Tim Gillette. See you next time, guys. Bye now.